is the Wealthy Contractor Podcast. Brought to you by G4 Marketing. Interviews with today's top home improvement entrepreneurs about marketing, sales, money, mindset, and lifestyle. Now, here's your host, Brian Kaskavalsian. How would you like to increase your profitability by 900% over the next four years? Sounds pretty damn good, doesn't it? Well, in this episode of the Wealthy Contractor Podcast, I'm going to talk to one of my favorite clients, Greg Joyce from Schuler Service. Now, just a few years ago, Greg bought a business that was doing okay, was making money. But in the last four years, he's grown revenue by 75%, but more importantly, he's increased profitability by 900%. What did he do to make it happen? We focused on two important things, and we'll talk about those things in this episode. Greg is one of the, the coolest and just nicest people you could do business with. That's not to say that sometimes he's not a big pain in the butt, too, but that's for another day. <laughs> anyway, I love Greg, and uh, this is a really good interview. I, he, he lays out some things that are really critical to success in any business, whether you're in home improvement, home services, doesn't matter. Just real-world stuff that you can use to grow your business. So let's get to it. All right, everybody. So uh, I've got Greg Joyce here with us from Schuler Service, and you know when we were when Greg and I were talking before uh, turning on the recording here, I and mean, there's a lot uh, Greg and I can talk about. We love talking. We love talking business. But what I really wanted to focus on with Greg is he bought the business four years ago, and he's grown revenue by seventy five percent. But more importantly. He's grown his profitability by 900%. And I thought, let's talk about that. <laughs> let's talk about how, you know, what are some of the things that you did to grow revenue by 900%? So with that setup, Greg, um, let's talk about, you know, what are, what are a couple of the things? What did you start with? You know, what was when you, when you bought the business and you looked at the business, what was kind of the first thing you looked at and said, you know, I've got to start working on that so I can improve the performance of my business? Great, great question, Brian. Um, yeah, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, you know, I'll be real honest with you. Uh, just a real quick uh, background, 20 years in the, almost 20 years in the, in the truck. So basically I had no business background, background. I was buying a business that was well established. So when I purchased the business, I, I knew I needed to, get some kind of support because I knew I couldn't do it on my own. Um, I was a service manager for the eight years prior to purchasing the business. And again, 19 years prior to that, I was in the truck. So I did have a, some, a little bit of sales experience because as a service manager, I would be out looking at jobs and selling. But I knew right away that the, the first thing I needed to do was get support. And I, I, I joined a, a group, um, which we were members of the PHEC, but I, I joined a, a group called QSC, which is Quality Service Contractors, and basically uh, surrounded myself with a lot of people that knew a lot more than I did about running a, a successful plumbing business. And, you know, that led me to your question to answer your question, what did I do? Um, and when I joined this group, I found out that uh, right away that uh, one of the most important things is uh, 
uh, marketing your business and, and how you market it. And, you know, obviously in the digital age, that's was we were full stream in 2013 when I uh, purchased it. We, you know, at that point, everybody was finding you um, on the web, but we didn't really have a website that was uh, prominent. It wasn't showing up. So I knew right away at that point um, I needed to change my website, develop a new website and um, hook up with a, a company that would be able to handle that and then do the um, SEO, the search engine optimization, along with later coming to PPC and uh, those types of things, the digital marketing. So that was a big, uh, that was the big boost that really kicked off after ownership took over because the gross sales just uh, just went through the roof. Um, that's how I had that large growth my first year by just having a, a website that would show up, um, which is I, I thought was one of the most important things. And then the other thing is, uh, marketing in general, I mean, if you were to say one or two things, one would be the marketing, which is there's a couple phases that I did. I did some rebranding uh, that really helped. Um, uh, and the other thing is, Brian, and you're, you're well aware of this, is uh, the importance of customer uh, retention. And, you know, we, we work so hard and we spend so much money to, to gain customers that why wouldn't we spend money to retain them? And that's what I learned um, through um, you, Brian, through G4. And that's, you do a wonderful job where we basically uh, send thank you cards out to all our customers and thank you again cards if we work again. So there's never a time somebody does not get a thank you card from us with a little gift card in it, um, which has been su extremely uh, successful. The numbers are outstanding. Um, I could just sh sh shoot you even a number today, the revenue uh, to date for this year, um, the, the, the thank you again cards and thank you cards have generated um, over a quarter million dollars in revenue alone. So customer retention was huge. So to answer your question, marketing, um, which is, is basically some of the things I went over there, the, the rebranding, retention, new website. Um, and then secondly, I think that what I learned most important is to build a good culture um, within your company having employees that are basically company of owners. They feel like they have ownership. They feel like they're part of the team. They feel like they want to come into work every day. They want to work for you. They want to be part of the team. Um, and that doesn't come overnight. That's something that I would say right now at this point, uh, four years into it, uh, going on five years, uh, uh, coming up in the spring um, would be exactly five years. I really feel we have the strongest team that we've ever had. Um, we just, you weed out, some of the people that are on team players, basically, and that culture just grows and it's sort of contagious. It's sort of like the opposite effect if you have a, you know, the old cancer in the clubhouse, so to speak. Um, and we've had that. And, you know, that could tear down. It's amazing how negativity could just tear down a team. But really what we build here at Schuler Service is like the, the, the culture of the team is everybody just helps each other out. We enjoy our team meetings hour, uh, once a week for an hour. We have a good time. We do tons of, of uh, events, even with families. Uh, you know, if it's not to a hockey game or a, a, a trip to a racetrack or uh, just a customer, I mean, employee recognition night that I had annual, annually to give out awards and, 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 and benchmarks that they had. Um, we just do a lot of that kind of stuff. So to answer your question in a, in a, in a very uh, long way, uh, marketing, Number one, and uh, I don't that's in any particular order here, but the two things, marketing and building a team uh, that, that you, have a, you have a great culture and a and great attitude around the um, 
the shop again, like sort of like a company of owners, so to speak, and and uh, again the marketing. So hopefully well, that answers your question. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And I want to talk to you a little bit more about culture. But one of the things that I think, to your credit, the first thing that you said was you joined a group. You realized, and it takes a big person to do this. Because a lot of us, when we go into business, we feel like we have to do everything ourselves. We feel like, okay, this is on me now. And you don't have to, it, it doesn't have to be that way. There are other people that have come before us that have made mistakes, that have tested things, have refined things, have tweaked things. So why not go and be part of that. Why not learn from the people that have come before us? And I think that that for you um, and, and for anybody else that's in business, I think we can't minimize that. I think that that's oh. also a big part of it is being open and not having such a big ego and not being so wrapped up in yourself that you're not willing to go out and ask for and ask for help. Yeah, Brian, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, and, you know, I, I, I prefaced my, the two things um, that I, uh, you know, certainly uh, attribute to the, the growth. But, you know, the Q, I prefaced it with the QSC group. I, and I, that's what I learned. And you're exactly right. Why not? Why reinvent the wheel um, when you could basically learn from a whole bunch of contractors that you could network with? Um, in, in this case, even be on a, a email, uh, what we call the Q list, and just learn from everybody else's mistakes. Why, why would anybody in business not want to do that? Except for the answer is, and I think you you said it is, um, if the ego ego gets involved, that's all, I, because I don't see any other reason why you wouldn't want to join a group. Um, it's almost like to me, I never understand why companies don't want to train their employees. I mean, a big part of my growth is simply uh, we do a ton of training but uh, we do csr training you know the, the, the when you're in a home service business the first impression somebody's going to get is when they pick up that phone and and your csr is going to answer it are they answering it uh you know and they can feel the smile coming through the phone or are they answering and say geez this person doesn't even want to be at work today right. and so when we track all that we have csrs that started at 65 percent and i have a csr right now that's booking at 91 percent do you know how much extra revenue that is for, for a minimal amount of uh, training that it costs if it's a $800 a month in CSR training and, and I'm generating between, you know, 65% to 90% more booked calls. It's, it's the return, the ROI is just astronomical. It, 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 so that's another thing. I mean, we could go on and on. You say two things. I mean, right. third thing is, is training too. I mean, just education within your own, within your own business, no matter what business it is. And I think, I think training has become more and more, I think there are a lot of companies, the, the good companies out there are, 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 do a lot of training with their employees. Um, I, I, I know we do, we do it every week. Um, we just had training this morning for an hour from 7.30 to 8.30 and we, we do some fun things and, and keep it light. But uh, it's, uh, you know, we, everybody preaches customer service, Brian, we know that, right? Yeah. But who practices it, you know, it's it. You can preach it all day long, but if you're if you're not really doing it, then the preaching about it doesn't doesn't matter. So yeah. we 
we just try, we, we're very redundant, so to speak, with uh, customer service skills. Oh, and you we constantly right. remind them, uh, you know, it, it's not just the booties anymore. Everybody wears booties in homes. It's, it's, it's the extra stuff we do through our software, you know, the bio that goes out with the email, the picture of the technician coming to the house, you know, that kind of stuff. So it, in this day and age with the technology, sky's the limit you know, when it comes to customer service. The follow-up emails for to, get, to capture that review, the, the the thank you card that uh, you guys and your team does, uh, Brian, so well. It just goes on and on. There's, and, and I learn all this, this from other people, from other people that have done it and failed, even you know. Yeah. So not that I haven't failed, um, because I've tried things that didn't work out, but I'm certainly taking the majority of the stuff that I know from other people, and that's why my whole theory in business is to surround myself that are surround myself with people that are smarter than me. Um, that's the reason why my office staff is, is, is here today, because my office staff that I have now, they are all smarter than I am. And I'm proud of it to say it because it, it's great to know that if I go away, I know this business is going to run without me and it's going to run like a well-oiled machine because uh, I, have a, I have a great staff. Greg, I'll tell you what, every smart, successful business owner I know says the same thing is they don't want to be the smartest person in the room. They want a room full of, of really smart people. Absolutely. Uh, look, I wanted to, I want to ask you about something because you really hit on culture and I know this is something you do really well. You said that every week you have a one hour meeting. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about what goes on in those meetings? Sure. I'm going to, I'm going to, um, Brian, if you, I'm, I'm at my fingertips. I'm going to pull out of my file here. Um, I think the best way for me to do this is just go back in, in, in the meeting minutes and just uh, sort of uh, look at what we do. Yeah. Um, so I, I could, I'm just going to pick one out from October 11th. Uh, just, if you don't mind, I'll basically go over what we do in a meeting. And, and this is basically the standard. So the bullet points that I'm going to go over here is basically what we do uh, week in and week out. Um, this happened to be a meeting on October 11th, which was two Wednesdays ago. I just picked out of the file here. Um, we, we talked about uh, Green Sky financing and we did some conference calls with the, the finance people and how um, you know to sell the financing and when to, when to pull the trigger, when to offer it, those types of things. Um, a, a reminder came out that November 17th, Employee recognition night at 3501 Grill, a great restaurant where I hand out all my awards. It's always the Friday before Thanksgiving. I announced the Christmas party December 23rd. Oh, we're we we we're missing a Bosch rotary hammer, um, so I was uh, trying to track that down. Um, we we talked about um, uh, our reviews. So every week we read the reviews on our website, and we we do review spits or we do review skins. Right now I'm doing a review skins. So basically each month. We tally up all the reviews. Typically, they get $10 cash for each review that gets put up on our website, but we're keeping that money and holding it. And then that's the skin pot for the next month. So the first place wins the wins 50% of the pot, and then the second and the third. So it's sort of a game we play. We call it review skins, and we read the reviews out loud in front of everybody up on our big. We have a big flat screen in our in our, uh, our training room. We have a, a, a we remodel the offices. We have a, a nice training room. Um, and we basically um, sit there, and I think that's that's talking about building culture, Brian, that you, that you brought up, and I think that's where you're going with this, with these meetings. It is great morale when you're in front of your peers, and and you know the the 
whoever it is, the service manager or myself is reading that review and saying how great, you know, five-star review, how great John or Joe did on this job. And it's, it's Mrs. Uh, Jones calling it, you know, re posting this review. On top of it, they're getting a cash uh, reward for it. Um, that just builds a great morale and, 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 and a great culture within a company. So we also do a little uh, segment called Safety Corner each week where one technician is responsible for bringing one safety topic up. Um, so basically, it's not like they have to do it every week. We, we, we share that responsibility. So every couple of months, they have to bring a safety topic with them. And then we talk about that briefly. So that's another thing we do. And then just some housekeeping stuff. And, you know, we leave it, try to leave it open and light. Um, at the end of the at the end of the meeting to any concerns uh, so you know we're very transparent but the one thing I did forget Brian I just want to point out we we after I say good morning to everybody at 730 on a Wednesday morning we stand up and we pledge allegiance to the flag um, I know you probably don't want to get political here but uh, um, if, 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 if one of my employees would not stand for the pledge of allegiance they wouldn't be working for me so um, we all uh, stand up and, and pledge our allegiance to the flag is the first thing we do. And then we awesome. carry on our, our weekly meeting. So that's awesome. You know, um, our, yeah, uh, I'll break, I'll break even my own rules of, of no politics and no religion, but the kid, but my kids, um, the school that they went to when they were, when they were little, um, every morning, was uh, it was the the Armenian school and every morning was mm -hmm. pledge of allegiance and uh, then they would say uh, the the Lord's prayer in Armenian and um, then there was one other thing that they did too. Um, and that was a private school, Brian. So they allowed that. Is that correct? Yeah. The, okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. So um, so that's cool. I love that. You know, that's that's great. You know, what's kind of cool about the QSC meetings is that's how the QSC meetings start too. Is they start with yeah. allegiance. They do. They do. Now that you say, now that you say it, and uh, again, I I know we talked about this before. I hope we can we could meet up in Savannah, Georgia, in March. Uh, we'll see see what uh, see what goes on. You, you plan on you're a QSC member, of course, right? And uh, yeah, good stuff. Good so stuff. always always great to see at those meetings, Brian. And I'll tell you what, it's always great to see everybody. What a great group of people. Yeah. Um, no, it is it is a great group. Yeah. You know, one other, one other thing that I think is um, that I've noticed about you that I also know is a success trait for the most successful, uh, let's just say business people. You know, this is called the Wealthy Contractor Podcast, uh, but it's one of the things you cannot become a wealthy contractor or a wealthy business owner without knowing your numbers. Yeah. Every conversation, and this is for everybody that's listening, Greg, but every single conversation that I have ever had with Greg, every single one, includes exact facts and figures. Exact. Like he just told you, uh, if you guys caught it, he said he got his um, uh, booking rate from 65% to 91%, right? He knows how important that number is in his business. In fact, it's a profit. It's one of the profit multipliers in a home improvement business is that, is that number. He knows not only does he know all of his booking numbers, but he knows his uh, uh, rate per hour, his effective rate per hour, how much each truck needs to do. Um, we could just go all the way down the list, right, Greg? He knows yeah. – 
<laughs> he knows how much his marketing is costing him. He knows what his marketing is producing. I'll just, I could just, I could keep going on and on and on. The point though is if you do not know your numbers in your business, there is no way that you can possibly get where you want to go or possibly get the business to a point where you can grow your profitability by 900% in just four years. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. You know, I've always been told, and I've heard this from numerous people, and I think, Brian, you've been told this before, too, as, as well as a business owner. Nobody in this world cares about your bottom line but yourself. Right. I mean, that's, uh, you know, it's like nobody cares about your golf game, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's just, uh, if you're not watching it, nobody will, um, because usually you don't let, uh, that's, you know, more confidential information anyhow, but uh, you just have to know your numbers. And I, I don't care what anybody you could get. You could get caught up in numbers. Yes. But you just have to you if you don't make a educated decision, you know, we're in business, we're buying and selling all day long. That's what we do. That's what being in business is. We're in trade. Right. So if you don't know your numbers and you if it's a piece of equipment that I got to buy to upgrade, if it's a this camera that cost me seven thousand dollars, I better know if I need to make that decision that day, if I'm going to be able to fit it and afford it in the budget. And if, and if you don't, you're right, Brian, um, you're not making informed decisions. And I think if you're not making informed decisions, you're leaving yourself open to making a bad decision. And at that point, that's when you could fail. Um, so yeah, Brian, I, I totally agree with you. You've got to know your, you've got to know your numbers. Uh, great, great point. And I, I, you know me, Brian, I love my numbers <laughs> as well as you do. So, but you um, know what? I don't know. But you know what, Greg, your numbers love you because what you know, they say, what you focus on expands, what you focus on grows. And obviously you've been focused on how do I make my net profit number better? Yep. And one of the things, you know, one of the things that, that I see a lot of is, especially in times like this, you know, businesses, you know, we, you and I started our conversation by saying, you know, business is great. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. But uh, what a lot of people, you know, a lot of people this year and last year are saying, yeah, business is great. But too many people are focused on how much they sold and mm -hmm. not enough people are focused on how much did they make? Right. How much did you really make. Yeah. You sold five million or you sold 12 million. But how much did you make? And right. so many people are, you know, more caught up in the how much did we sell? Versus how much did we make? And I'm hoping that some of what what we do with the wealthy contractor through you know through podcast and introducing people, uh, the people listening to business owners like you is let's get people focused on their bottom line. Top line's great, sure we sold millions and millions and millions of dollars, but did we make any money? Right, right. Yeah, growth is growth can be tricky, you know, and you know that uh, we all know that as business owners. Yeah. I mean. If you try to grow that top line above the line figures, you know, and, and, and your gross profits looking great. Um, however, you know, if your expenses are, are going up with it as well, because in growth, you, of course, you're, if you're going to run a business properly, you're going to, uh, your expenses are going to go up. So you, you just have to main that percentage, whatever your goal may be. If it's 15%, 10%, 20%, 5%, whatever, whatever your goal is. And you just got to keep, you know, the, the bottom line has got to be there. And uh, just because you're, 
Just because your gross sales go up, that doesn't mean that you're, you could drop your percentage in net sales because you're making more money, you think. If you start getting into that pattern, you know, gosh, yeah, if you're a $10 million or $20 million company working on 5%, you say, well, geez, I'm just making as much money. But the bottom line is you're working harder because you're, you've got to put more effort into the fact that you're selling more and your, your revenue is higher. So why not keep the percentage rate at where it should be if, you're, if your bottom line goal is 10% or 12%? Just when you have that growth, you got to make sure that that, that, that percentage of your net uh, remains the same. And I, I think that's, the, that's probably the single-handedly the, the, the most difficult thing in business is during growth to keep that net income um, exactly what you're saying, Brian, is keeping that net income at that percentage that uh, should should be maintained yeah. during growth. But uh, easier well, said than done. Easier said than done. But uh, it it can be done. There's no question. And and one and and one last thing. I know we're going a little bit over here, but you and I could keep going. And there's actually there's actually th three other things on my list of things that I know you've done um, that we're not we're not even going to be able to handle in this call, maybe we could do it in, in another episode, but your focus on profitability, how much has that played into your ability to grow your, to grow your business? Like having that extra, you know, having that cash in the bank, has that helped you to grow the business? Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. I always say there's, is, as business owners, um, there's three things that you can do with net profit um really and it really comes down to three things of course the number one and probably the most popular one by business owners is um and maybe it's not always the wisest decision um is to pay yourself okay so basically you could you could take your bottom line and and uh you know obviously pay uncle sam as well the second thing you can do is pay down debt everybody has debt in business unless you're debt free then uh, that's pretty amazing and that, that, that's good stuff maybe someday uh, and the third thing, finally, would be to put money back into the business, um, and that's what I've chosen. And um, I think, Brian, to answer your question, and hopefully I'm answering your question, is, you know, the old adage saying goes, you got to uh, spend money to make money, and, and, of course, that is so true. So I have realized um, just from a standpoint of uh, we have a showroom here and, and, and a building and offices and you know, I, I redid basically the entire building over the last two years here. Um, so to answer your question, they, that profitability is probably not at its highest that it can be. But if I look at the long term, there's a, there's a plan in place. And, you know, it's another thing you need to do as a, you know, when you ask that question, what did you do is you've got to have a business plan. But, you know, putting money back into the business, if it's not training or physical, things if it's uh, new trucks or, or boost your marketing budget or whatever it may be, um, putting money back into the business is, if it's done properly, is, is, is money uh, uh, spent well, um, again, if the return is there. So hopefully that's answering your question, Brian. If Profit is fuel. Profit is fuel. Profit is, you know, you could, you could take it home, like you said, um, but profit is also the fuel that, uh, that will – that that will help you drive your your business forward right right and you know the other thing with profit too brian is and i and I, I failed to mention this too and then this is so important is you know again another cliche state you know share the wealth so to speak so you know talking about in, in customer retention 
well, just as important, if not more important, of course, is employee retention. So if you're running a successful business, it's very important to also, uh, you know, take care of the people that make you successful and, and, and that's your team around you. Um, so if you forget about them and you, and you worry about your own needs, uh, you're, you're, you're going to fail as well because the, the culture is not going to be there. The retention is not going to be there. And we all know as business owners, employee turnover is, is, is I don't, for lack of a better word, well, it stinks. We'll say that. So uh, you want to maintain your employees because it costs a lot of money, Brian, to, to train. And, and, and in our industry, in the home service industry, especially as plumbers, they're not just out there waiting to be picked up. You know, it's not like we could just uh, walk down the street to the five and dime and say, hey, I need to get another plumber today. It just doesn't happen. So uh, taking care of your your employees with that net is always important and uh, to make sure that they share the wealth and the success of the business to make them feel really part of it, not just from a financial standpoint, not just from a from a culture standpoint and the things that we do as a team, but also at the end of the year, or even halfway through the year or at a surprise moment, moment to make them feel uh, financially uh, involved in the business where they, they are reaping some of the benefits of a successful business. Beautiful. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Well, Greg, this has been, um, this has been awesome. You know, um, let me just quickly summarize, you know, what some of the things that, that Greg, Greg did, he joined a group, you know, so he, he wasn't doing it on his own, really focused on marketing, both the front end, uh, with his internet presence and the back end with his past customers, um, really has worked hard to develop a winning culture at Schuler service. And, um, he knows his numbers. I mean, he knows his numbers inside and out and he's focused on, on profitability and, you know, the business shows. I mean, if you get a chance, go look at his website. Um, if you're anywhere near him, call Schuler service and see what kind of experience you have with them. It will be, it will be a very good one. It'll be a very good one. So um, that wraps this episode of the Wealthy Contractor Podcast. This is Brian Kaskavalsian with G4 Marketing Group. Until next time, thank you. All right, so that's it for today's episode of the Wealthy Contractor Podcast. Let me ask you, did it help you look at your business in a new way? Did it spark an idea or ideas you hadn't thought of before? Do you have a list of action items that you can take and implement into your business or your life today? I really hope so. Now, before you go, make sure you subscribe to the Wealthy Contractor Podcast so you get access to the latest episodes as soon as they're available. We're always striving to provide you with great content so you don't want to miss what's coming up. And a favor. I'd really appreciate it if you'd go to iTunes and post a review of this podcast. Let us know how we're doing. The Wealthy Contractor Podcast is brought to you by G4 Marketing Group, where we help contractors of all kinds create customers, keep customers, and multiply their customers and profits. If you're interested in reaching new levels of success for your company, visit www.gfourmarketing.com. Or just call us at 305-856-8788 to schedule your free, no-obligation, wealthy contractor strategy session. 
Now, during this strategy session, we're going to look at eight key performance factors in your business, and we're going to help you uncover opportunities for growth, for leads, for sales, and for profit. And finally, we started the Wealthy Contractor as a resource to help you, the home improvement entrepreneur, regardless of where you are on the wealthy scale, get where you want to go. We want to provide you with the motivation, the confidence, the resources, and the tools so you too can live the life of the wealthy contractor. Now, the wealthy contractor is a place where it's okay for you to want it all. In fact, it's not only okay, it's encouraged. So until next time, this is Brian Kaskovalsian with G4 Marketing Group.